Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sand Hill, FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It's our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ because here at Sand Hill, we believe that Christians can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, we invite you to visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So we're going to be, we're going to be in the first chapter of the book of Romans this morning, uh, but I have a strange thought that, that I really, really believe, I, I believe I've shared this before, uh, but... If, if everybody here this morning was on a desert island and we had never been in church a day before in our life, so we had no mom and dad, we had no grandma and grandpa, we had no tradition, we had no denomination, we were just all dumped onto a desert island, totally don't know anything about Jesus or anything else, and someone dropped a Bible in our hand. And we as a group started reading the Bible without what we've always done, tradition, what I've all been taught by grandma, and we just read what the Bible said. You know what I believe? I believe we'd all agree on all of our doctrine. <laughs> is that a staggering thought? Because we, we want to fight about everything, and we want to say we disagree, we want to do all this thing. But really what it is, is, is we're inputting what, what we've been taught, or what we think, or what we've heard, or what someone else has said, or what mom and dad taught us. Uh, but if we all came with a blank slate, went to the Word of God, read the Word of God, and interpreted it accurately according to the Word of God, we would all have the exact same doctrine. And, and I, that is my goal at the church, is that, is that we all, you say, you want us to all believe like you? No, I don't want you to believe like me. I want you to believe like the Bible. And that is our goal, is that we believe like the Bible. So that being said, um, I believe this morning's message is an eye-opener. I believe it is a game-changer. I believe it will change the way we have church in the future. I believe it will change preaching. I believe it will change about everything about us. But if you say, well, that's not what I believed before, I don't, I don't believe that, then, then the Word of God doesn't do you any good. You know, the only my big challenge of preaching is, I hope this doesn't apply to anybody here, but my, one of my big pr- uh, problems with preaching is, if I do my very best to give you exactly what the Word of God says, there are a lot of people who say, no, that's not what I believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what the Word of God says, right? It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what Gary believes. It matters what the Word of God says. So we're going to try and just look at what the Word of God said and just give you a little uh, pre-warning. It's probably going to be different than you've heard before. Um, so let's read, if you're able to stand on our God's Word, let's read uh, Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. Very powerful. These two verses really uh, kind of contain the whole of the Gospel, and, and we're going to try to just pick that apart this morning. <clears throat> Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let us pray. 
Father, how we are so thankful for the service we've had, what we've already felt in our heart, all of those that have gathered with us this morning, and Father, all those joining us online, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come by in a mighty way. I pray you would open our hearts, uh, let our eyes see, Lord, the truth of your word. Let me not hinder nor get in your way, but Lord, allow your Spirit to lead us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. So, the title of the message this morning is, What is... The gospel. I think that's an important question. Does anybody else think that's an important question? What is the gospel? And we're going to do, we're going to try to learn this morning what the gospel actually is. You say, preacher, I've been in church for a long time. I know what the gospel is. Well, I'm going to challenge you this morning to see if we know what the gospel is. And so as we look at this, Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So this gospel we're talking about, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask the question, what is the gospel? So you say, Pastor, I don't, I don't understand the question. Well, here's what I'm trying to paint you a picture of. Is the gospel only the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is that all that it is? In other words, all the gospel is, is Jesus came to this earth, he lived 33 and a half years, he went to the cross, he died, he was buried, he rose again, he paid for my sins, now I can be saved and I can go to heaven. Is that, is that all the gospel is? Let me put that, uh, Eli's shaking his head, no. Uh, okay, so if that is all that it is, then, then all that Jesus did was got us out of our sins. Is that all the gospel did? Is that, is that all that it is? Because I think this is kind of important that we, that we figure this out. So the word justification, we're going to use three big words this morning. They're, they're biblical words, they're, they're words in Romans. But uh, the Bible says in Romans 5.1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We're justified. That just means we're declared innocent. So that means that if you're a sinner and you're evil and you're wicked, God will call you righteous. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, He who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. He made us holy. He took away all of our sins. Is that where the gospel stops? Is that where it stops? So it stops when the, the day you got saved, I, I don't need the gospel anymore. Right? Is that, is that what the gospel is for? Is the gospel justification only? Now here, a lot of you probably don't know where I'm going. Let me try to, let me try to draw this out a little bit better. So a lot of people think, and, and I've heard you know, many Christians say this, but a lot of people think that the gospel is simply the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that is simply getting people saved. So then what they say is, we must preach the gospel, which means we must preach that Jesus died on the cross so we don't have to go to hell, we must be saved, go to heaven, that we must preach that. And that is the gospel message. If someone is lost in the congregation, we must preach that Jesus died on the cross, you're going to go to hell if you don't accept it, and the only way to be saved is Jesus Christ. We must preach a gospel message. I have been to, used to be years ago, this was really, really popular, I have been to many, many churches... I, I always just, when I was a kid, I wondered about this. Just as a kid, as a teenager, as a, as a young adult, I always wondered about this. But I can remember so much, that, and I believe because of the misunderstanding of this text, I can remember going to church, not a sinner in the house, and the preacher would preach for a half hour, 45 minutes, Jesus died on the cross, when you, he will save your sins, if you don't accept him as your Savior, you're going to go to hell. Every service, it was that over and over and over and over. I thought there's nobody here to get saved. But we preached it over and over and over. But you know why I believe it was? Because I believe those preachers have been told, you need to preach the gospel. You need to preach the gospel. And the only gospel there is, is is to get saved. So, there's nothing else to preach. 
Right? So that's all. So every Sunday we come out here from here on out, we're, just, we're not going to talk about living right or any of that good stuff. We're going to talk about if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. Okay? We got no lost people here, but that's what we're going to preach anyway. And see, see, so you see, is the gospel just justification? Now, there's two other words in the Bible sanctification and glorification. Sanctification is after you get saved, living the Christian life. Laying down sins, living the Christian life. Is that part of the gospel or is that not part of the gospel? Is anybody thinking with me this word? Is anybody, is anybody, is anybody, there's another word, glorification. Anybody know what glorification is? That's when we leave this old rotten world behind and we go to heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. That's when we don't have to worry about what's going on in the country. We don't have to worry about this uh, messed up world. We lay our sins, we lay our bodies down. And Brother Spike, we get brand new bodies and we go to heaven. Amen. Is that part of the gospel or is that not part of the gospel? Here's a strange thing in my mind as I was thinking about this. I'm thinking most people believe that, that, that justification when your sins are gone is part of the gospel. And most people believe when you die and go to heaven is part of the gospel. But everything in between isn't part of the gospel. <laughs> There's some disconnect there. So you need him the day you get saved and you need him the day you die. You don't need him in between. <laughs> okay. There's something wrong with that picture. Okay. And so, so, the, so the gospel, what is the gospel? And I'd like to argue to you this morning that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And he ascended back into heaven. He sits down on the right hand of the throne and he's interceding for you and I today. And it was not just to get us saved. It was for the life that we would live the rest of our lives. Amen. And I said this many times, but I got everlasting life. Uh, December the 10th, 1976, I got eternal life. I'm not waiting for it to come. I already got it. I already got it. I, I'm living eternal life right now. And one day I'm just going to get rid of this body and I'm going to just keep on it. But I got eternal life right now. And a lot of people, they believe, well, I got saved. I'm waiting on eternal life. No, I already got it. I already got it. I'm living it right now. Right? So the gospel saved my soul, praise God. Took away all my sins, praise God. The gospel will one day, when this life is over, usher me into heaven, praise God. But the gospel also will take me from the day I got saved, the rest of my life, giving me a glorious life for Jesus Christ. If we don't get that right, our thinking's all messed up. Now, if you understood anything I just said, some of you look a little confused. Some of you, I think, are with me. If you understand anything I said, if I get up here and preach that it's wrong to lie, am I preaching the gospel or am I not preaching the gospel? Is anybody following this? If I preach that you shouldn't commit adultery, am I preaching the gospel or am I just off on something that doesn't even matter? That's how a lot of people think. Well, we need the gospel. That other stuff isn't as important. But I'm here to tell you, the gospel is this right here. This is the gospel. It is getting saved. It is not going to hell. But it is also living the Christian life. And when you preach what the Bible said, you are preaching the gospel. And it changes lives. And if we don't get that straight, we got all of our, all, we got this all messed up. And, and I believe that a lot of people think the gospel is simply preaching that if you don't, if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. 
Jesus died, so you know the Romans road. Jesus died for your sins, you got to believe in that. You believe in that, you can go to heaven. Well, praise God, none of us gets in without that. That, that's what it takes to get in. But once you get in, there's a whole big ocean to swim in, and we don't even want to go there because we just want to preach the gospel. Right? So I, I want us to rethink this thing. I believe that the gospel is, is, is all three. So then we go to the next thing, and, and this is very, very clear. Um, I, I don't think we need to debate it or, or argue about it or discuss it. It's, it's just really clear. Can anybody understand these words? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And then it says this. For it is the power of God. Do we need an interpretation? <laughs> it is the power of God. I, I don't know how much clearer that can be. You don't have to be real educated to get that. You don't have to be real smart. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. It says unto salvation. Now I can spend a lot of time. I'm not going to do it for the sake of, of redundancy. But is salvation simply getting your sins removed? Salvation's the whole package deal. It's the whole package deal. It is abundant life. It is everlasting life. It is eternal life. It is our sins are gone. It is living a victorious life. It is having victory no matter what comes. That is salvation. Salvation is not a one day occurrence. Salvation is your life. Interesting thing, uh, it says uh, that we are that we are uh, we are to live by faith and that we are that we are saved by faith. You know, an interesting term, and I don't have time to get into all this controversy. But here's an interesting thing: if you look that up in the Greek, do you know what that means? That does not mean there was one particular day that I believed and therefore I got saved. That means. That it is, it, is a, it is the idea of, continu- it's a, it, the, the, the verb tense is a continual action. In other words, I started believing, I'm still believing. I'm still believing, right? You say, well, I used to believe, but I don't even believe anymore. You never did believe. You never did believe, right? If you, got, if you started out believing, you still believe. Because salvation is not a one-day event. Salvation is an all-your-life event. If we get that straight, it would sure save a lot of problems around here. It would, it would clarify so much that it isn't just, oh, I went to the altar years and years ago. It doesn't really matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what you did years and years ago. What are you doing today? What are you doing today? Do you still believe? Do you still live for the Lord? If you don't, you're not saved. Doesn't matter what you did years ago. Doesn't matter what, how many chips to the audio, but I know people, I, I, I know people, I have no doubt in my mind, you say you're being a judge. Well, maybe I am, but I, I'm using the word of God to do it. I know people have been to the audio to get saved 15 times, but I believe they're still on their way to hell. <laughs> right? That's, that, that doesn't qualify you for going to heaven. Believing! Amen. Faith! That's what it takes to get to heaven. It's not a one-day deal. It's the rest of your life deal. Listen, I started out believing Jesus a long time ago, and I've never quit believing Jesus because I believe he's the only way, praise God. And he's what's going to get me to heaven. And not only that, he's what's, listen, he's going to take care of me no matter what happens this week. He's going to take care of me no matter what happens to the economy. No matter what happens to the, he's going to, does anybody else here believe in that? We as Christians, we want to get so, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, what about this? How about if we believe Jesus? I don't mean to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I just, I just want to ask you a question. Let's re- rewind the tape. It's February 2020. 
I heard there's a virus going around. I was told, Sister Bessie told me about February, January, February, she said, they're going to shut churches down. I said, they're not going to shut churches down. You've been listening to a lot of crazy stuff on Facebook. They ain't going to do that. I, to be honest, didn't even know a whole lot about the virus. All of a sudden, poof, it's here. How many people at the Sand Hill Church went into complete panic freakout mode, just scared to death, and guess what, 2021, God is taking care of us. God is taking care of us. 2021, praise God. Now, I know there's a lot of people who have died. I know there's a lot of things happened, but can I tell you at the Sand Hill Church, all the people that have had it, no one has died. And all the people who have had it, God has taken care of us. What is your point? My point is we can worry ourselves. Just what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen in the future? Does not matter. God's on the throne. He's going to take care of us. Amen. Amen. And so, if I have abundant life, well, listen to me. If I have abundant life, can the president take that away from me? I mean, can he pass some kind of a law that I'm not allowed to have it anymore? <laughs> They're going to come and take my abundant life. Just try that, right? Just try. You can, take my, you can take my guns, you can take my kids, you can take everything I got, but you can't take my abundant life. You can lock me in prison, you can't take my abundant life. Does anybody here believe that? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. They can't take that away from us. It's, it's, it's a permanent thing I got. So... Now, if any of you guys believe, I appreciate you guys being with me. It's a whole lot more fun preaching when you guys are with me. But I want to say this here. I'm, I'm trying not to be mean. If you really believe you have abundant life, shouldn't your face know it? <laughs> shouldn't your face know it? Oh, I'm, I've got abundant life, and it's just it's great. I, I believe I'm living in victory, and God's going to take care of me. Right? Christians ought to be saying, listen, doesn't matter what the government does. Doesn't matter what COVID does. I am a Christian. I am victorious and I'm going forward and I am happy about it. But instead, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go to heaven. I don't know about you. Amen. Amen. So let's move on a little farther. So, so point number one was the gospel. What is the gospel? So, so I hope we kind of halfway got that understood. Now we're going to look at the power of God. The power of God. Is there anybody here thinks we need the power of God? Listen, we need to get to the place around here where we don't do anything without the power of God. It, it isn't about how smart we are. It isn't about how organized we are. It isn't about how, how hard we work. It, it isn't about any of those things. You know what we need in this church? We need the power of God. If we want to bring unity in this church, we need the power of God. If we want to understand the Bible, we need the power of God. If we want to see souls saved, we need the power of God. There's nothing will work without the power of God. And the Bible clearly says the gospel is the power of God. So you want to make the gospel just getting saved. Let me ask you a logical question. So you don't need the power of God the rest of your life? Because <laughs> that's what you're telling me. You needed it to get saved, but you don't need the rest of life. Well, I don't know about you. Maybe you guys are a lot better than I do. I need the power of God right now. I need the power of God right now. I don't need it. I didn't need it back then and I don't need it now. I need it right now. And the power of God is the gospel. So I need the gospel today. So the power of God. So I don't know if you're tracking. Looks like some of you are. Jesus died on the cross. Amen. Bought my salvation. Bought my forgiveness of sins made a way that I could be righteous before God. Hallelujah. 
Right? That is the gospel. It is the power of God. Did he buy anything else that day? You know, the Bible says that we are bought with a price. He bought us with his blood. The blood of Jesus bought us. So did he buy anything except for my forgiveness? Because if that's all he did, praise God. I mean, if, that, if he stopped right there, we'd just praise him forever. Because he, he, he washed my sins away. But I want to argue this morning, no, no. Jesus bought the forgiveness of my sins along with a, a life that is victorious and, and filled with power and, and, and just tremendous things until I die and go to heaven and get a glorified body. If that is the gospel, if that's what Jesus bought, it is by the power of God. We need the power of God. And listen, we can't see souls say we can't do anything in the church without the power of God. So what I'm trying to paint you a picture of, everything we do here is the gospel. No, everything we do here should be the gospel. Let's back that up, right? There might be some things we do that ain't the gospel. But what my point is, living holy is the gospel. Living victorious is the gospel. Getting our sins forgiven is the gospel. And glory, hallelujah, going to heaven is the gospel. When we understand that, we could preach the gospel. If you've got a church full of Christians, you might want to preach on how to get closer to God. Now, I don't have time to go into this controversy. I listened to some really, really smart preachers having a discussion one day. And they said something that I guess I have believed since I've been here. And almost all of you have said, "How? what is wrong with Gary? There's something wrong with that guy. He, he, he just don't understand. And the reason they don't understand is because it's never been done before. But now these, you can take it or leave it. I'm, I'm being dogmatic on everything else here. I'm, I'm going to just throw this out here for you. But these preachers said that church, biblically, is for the Christians. It's for the Christians. Not to be designed, set up, or, or structured for the sinner. It is for the Christians. And they said this. If you come to church, you ought to be coming and they ought to be equipping the saints to be good Christians. Now you go out in the world and you reach the laws, bring them in. But here's the, strength, here's the thing they said that's a little controversial. These preachers said this. I happen to agree. If you, now if you follow my arguments, if you're preaching the gospel and you're telling people to live holy lives and someone is there who is a sinner, they will fall under conviction because they see what a Christian life is supposed to be and they see the examples laying around of what Christians are supposed to be and they'll come under conviction and they'll be saved. They can't get saved unless you say Jesus died on the cross and he went to the grave and he goes back to heaven. (laughs) See, I'm just trying to show you, the gospel is the word of God. Amen? And the gospel is, is all of the Christian life. So, now here's, here's, I guess, what I'm trying to get you to see. And I don't have time to run all the references, but I, I just, here's what I want you to see. The, do we need, I really want you guys to get this. I want, I want you guys to, this to sink in. Do we need the gospel to live a sanctified life? 
See, Jesus said a few strange things. I, I think we maybe got this backwards. Jesus said a few strange things. He said, take up your cross. Take up your cross. Does anybody know what you use crosses for? To kill people. Do you know why you take up your cross? To kill you. Does anybody know what that is? That's the gospel. See, he said, take up your cross, die, kill your flesh, the old man is crucified, and then he said, pick up your new life and walk in a newness of life. That is the gospel. It is the gospel. It it is the gospel to, not only am my sins forgiven, but it is the gospel for me to crucify my flesh and kill it. And then it is the gospel for me to live a holy life according to the Word of God. That is the gospel. And we cannot do that without the gospel. And it is the power of God that makes that possible. So, So the first point was, if you're taking notes, the first point was the gospel. The second point was the power of God. And the third point is sanctification. Now again, big fancy word. What does that mean, preacher? It means living right. Let's make it just hillbilly terms. It's it's living right, right? It's quit sinning. Now there's some problems with sanctification. Boy, this is so very important. I wish you guys could get a hold of this. But but let's look back at the text. It said... uh, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So you have to believe. You have to have faith. You cannot be saved. You cannot live the Christian life. You cannot use the gospel without faith. It takes faith. It said to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then it says, powerful, powerful verse, number 17. And therein, in the gospel, where the power of God is at, and therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Is anybody getting that? Where do you see the righteousness of God? Where do you understand the righteousness of God? In the gospel, by the power of God. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. I I read after a lot of different views on this. But I'm going to give you your pastor's view on this. From faith to faith. So so the righteousness that is of God, that is unattainable, that no matter... You know, I I, I don't understand this. I've never understood this all my life. I I just don't understand this. I don't... how, How you can twist your thinking to make this work. But almost everybody that I know in every church that I go around to, almost everybody believes you can't be good enough to get to heaven. Almost universally, that is, in, in, in Baptist churches and in, in regular churches, that is almost universally accepted. In other words, everyone says you can't be good enough to be saved. And no one could ever work their way to heaven. And you need Jesus Christ to be saved. Okay, that's what the Bible says. But I don't understand what changes after you get saved. Because, you know, you couldn't be good enough to get saved. You also can't be good enough to stay saved. <laughs> I, don't know how you, I don't know how you twist them up. You needed Jesus to get saved, but you didn't need him to stay saved. After that, you're on your own to live good enough. No, no, no. That is, can, I, can I tell you? That's heresy. That is heresy. You're saying, Jesus, thanks for helping me. I got it from here. Does anybody say, oh, that's heresy? <laughs> we need Jesus from faith to faith. So we get saved by faith. Bible says we walk by faith. Bible says we live by faith. Bible says we die in faith. It is all faith. From salvation, from the day your sins are gone, until glorification, it is all by faith. And from faith to faith. So when I started out as a Christian, my faith was little. How does my faith get bigger? 
by believing and obeying, and then it gets bigger. And then believing and obeying, it gets bigger. And then believing and obeying, it gets bigger. And so the Bible says, by faith, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So we need the Word of God. We've got to learn what the Gospel says before we can obey it. Once you learn it, you've got to obey it. Some people say, why is my faith so small? Because you never did believe the Gospel you were told at the beginning. If you believe that, your faith can grow. Does this make sense to anybody? Is anybody with me? Does this make sense? So faith, so, faith, so your faith is growing as you go. And that, and, and that, that is, is as simplistic as I can make it. But can I just tell you that? This, that's sanctification. When you come to church and maybe you didn't know it was wrong to do whatever. We, we've had people in this church. We've had people in this church who got, come and got saved, never been to church day before. They honestly didn't know a lot of things were wrong. And so God doesn't, God understands that. But when it brings to your knowledge that that is sin, then you got to stop doing it. Right? And then your faith grows and he gives you something more. And that is called sanctification. That is called living the holy life. So I'm going to show you, I've got about three problems with sanctification. I believe these are huge problems. I believe they're problems for some of you guys. And if we could understand these, um, it would really, really change a lot of, a lot of things in our church. <clears throat> I don't know how many of you are old enough to know this. Maybe not, too many of, maybe not too many of you that are here are old enough to know this or been around people like this. But you guys ever heard of a second work of grace? Does anybody know what second word of grace is? You don't hear much about it anymore. But years ago, you know, a lot of the charismatic movements, they were in this. What, what it basically says is this. Um, you know, you got saved at such and such a date. Maybe you lived five or ten years longer. And then at one point or another, you went back and got the Holy Spirit. Right? You went back, prayed, got the second work of grace. You got the Holy Spirit. Uh, and at that point, if you pray hard enough and if you're sincere, at that point, when you get the Holy Spirit, you are sinless. Isn't that glorious? I got the second blessing and I'm sinless. And they'll walk around and tell you, you know, I used to be saved and didn't have the Holy Spirit, but now I'm saved and I got the Holy Spirit and now I am sinless. And and they really believe it. So I heard a preacher one time, and by the way, that is not biblical. That is very uh, heretical. That that is very anti-biblical. First of all, the Bible says any man be of, of Christ, he has the Spirit. So you can't be saved and not have the Spirit, right? You can't come back and get it because you got to get it before you got saved. But, but besides that, I heard a preacher preaching this one time. It's kind of funny, but I'm, I'm leading up to something. We're not going to talk about charismatics. We're going to talk about Baptists, all right? I heard a preacher say he was, uh, he was friends. I think he was in Bible college or something. And he had a good friend of his who was maybe charismatic. And his friend told him, yeah, I went to church last night and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't sin anymore. So I'm sinless. And, of course, the Baptist preacher thought, he thought you know, now you've got to imagine this guy's probably 20 years old. And he thought, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. So he said, I followed the guy around. And the guy said, I don't sin. So I said, I just followed him around. And he said, not to follow him too long until I think he got mad one day or he did something or whatever. And, and, and he was sinned. And the Baptist preacher went up to him, kind of making a little bit of fun, poking fun a little bit. And he says, um, I thought you didn't sin anymore. He said, I just saw you get mad the other day and, and uh, you know, chew somebody out. Oh, that's not really sin. <laughs> see how that works? See, see how that works? Now, I, I can tell you. Let, let me tell you. Now, I'm being dead serious because a lot of you guys need to hear this. I can tell you, I can stand here and tell you very dogmatically, I never sin. As long as I don't care about three quarters of what this says, I can tell you I never sin. Now, if you read it and know what it says, you're going to say, I sin every day. Because ain't none of you good enough to live up to everything that it says. Okay? But here's what Baptists do. 
And this is what a lot of people in this church like to do. They believe you can't sin and be a Christian, so they convince themselves, I never sin. What about when you do this? Oh, well, that's not a sin. What about when you do that? Oh, well, that's not a sin. Well, the Bible says this. Oh, no, that's not a sin. I've heard Christians say this. God understands. So God understands that his word is wrong. You're trying to explain that to me. God understands that his word is wrong, is what you're telling me. Or he just wrote a big book full of suggestions. We don't have to keep them. <laughs> right? It's just suggestions, Bruce Spike. Commit adultery, don't commit adultery. I mean, it's up to you. God, I mean, he has an idea, a suggestion. It's a good idea if you don't, but if you do, I mean, God understands. See, that, that doesn't work. So, if you really believe this book and you really read this book, you're going to have to be real honest and say, I sin a whole lot. And you can't tell me that you don't sin. But there are people and there are people in this church who believe they never sin. And it's because they've categorized everything that they do as not being sin. Okay, that is a problem. Now, while I'm on the subject, do you know how hard it is to preach to somebody? If Josh makes up his mind, he can do all these things that are anti-biblical and, and it's not considered sin. And I get up and preach the fire out of him from the Bible. Do you know how hard it is to get Josh changed? He say, I'm not sinning. God understands. <laughs> you can never get that guy to change. He's going to keep on doing it because he doesn't see anything wrong with it. So the Bible is either true or it is not. And I say today, we need to make up our minds. Do we believe the Bible or do we not? And if we do, we ought to start living by it. Amen? We have to start living by it. So now, let's, let's go on to the second problem. That was the first problem with sanctification. The second problem I had with sanctification, and this is really a big problem, outward sins and inward sins. So if someone comes and gets saved this morning, they come down the altar, they get saved. Their sins are gone, they're declared righteous. No matter what they've done, they are, they are righteous in the eyes of God. Immediately, we will start trying to clean up the outside. If you will, we'll give them a list of rules. Now, you know, if you're a Christian, you can't cuss. You know, if you're a Christian, you can't commit adultery. You know, if you're a Christian, uh, you, you can't go get drunk. It, it, you know, if you're a Christian, uh, you ought to come. And we give them this list of rules. And, and really, in a very short time, most of the time, people start conforming to those outward rules. Okay? Now, we have a mold you have to fit into. So if anybody in this church, I, I struggle with this. If someone's smart enough to figure this out, you can come talk to me at service. I struggle with this. We have a mold. We have a mold that a Christian has to look like. You have to dress a certain way. You have to not be doing all of these things. If you commit adultery, we know you're not a Christian. If you tell a lie, pastor, take their name off the book. If they cuss, throw them out of the church. Right? Now, if they exaggerate, worry, um, uh, sit around at the pity party, if they uh, talk about other people, if they have a bad attitude all the time, that's perfectly acceptable. Nothing wrong with that. But they better not be committing adultery. <laughs> is there something wrong with that? What you're saying is some of the Bible matters, some of the Bible don't. And I just want to give it to you this morning. I think those inward things are more important than those outward things. Because if you get the inward things taken care of, you're not going to be doing the outward things. And that's where we got it all wrong. We're going to make everybody look pretty on the outside. And if they're all messed up on the inside, we don't care because they look pretty. If they got a King James Version Bible under their, under their arm, they're wearing the right clothes, and they come to church and they tithe, they are good Christians. Baloney. Some of those people are the meanest, hatefulest people I've ever been around. They hold grudges. They're bitter. They talk about one another. they got a bad attitude all the time. And, but they're a good Christian because they fit our mold. That is not biblical, people. That is not biblical. That is not Christianity. And that is not the gospel. 
We need the gospel. So outward sins have to go away, and we don't have to deal with inward sins. Now, if you're of that mindset, again, in this church, if you're of that mindset, there are people in this church, they would never in a million years, they would never dream of cussing, lying, committing adultery, any of the, any of the big outward things. They wouldn't do that in a million years. You put a gun there, they wouldn't do it. Now, I can name you about ten things they would do on the inward sins and not even feel bad about it. And I can preach my heart out to them and they don't care because they say, hey, I'm not doing those outward things. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And, and we need to get that straight. We need to figure out how we live the Christian life. We need the, the gospel to live the holy life. <clears throat> so the third problem I have with sanctification, these are all reasons we don't become sanctified. The third reason I have, and this is really the biggie, this is kind of the crux of the message, the way to sanctification is working harder. Right? Just try harder. How's that working out for you, by the way? Yeah, preacher, I, I know what you preached this morning. I know I was wrong. I, I, man, I've been doing that, and I know it's wrong. And, man, I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to make a commitment right now. I'm not going to do that anymore. How long did that last? Listen, I've been a pastor long enough. I'm not, a, I'm not a kid anymore. I've been around long enough to know. You come in, oh, I feel so bad. I know I'm guilty. I'm doing that. I, pastor, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm making a, right today, I'm making a commitment. I won't do it no more. I'm going to give you about a month. You'll be doing it all the time. You know why? You can't, you can't change. You can't change. Do you know there's one thing that will change you? The power of God. The power of God will change you. The power of God can come inside your dirty soul and clean you up and make you something you are not. But you'll never do it by trying harder. Anybody here ever had a bad temper? You just can't, man, you just get mad. You get mad at people and you just, and anybody ever had any problems with bitterness? Try not doing that. Try harder not doing that. Because some of you have a temper, some of you hold hard feelings, and I can tell you what, you can try till you're blue in the face. You're still going to have a temper and you're still going to have hard feelings. Is anybody going to help me this morning? You know, there's only one way to get rid of a temper and holding hard feelings. There's, listen to me, there's only one way. The power of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ has got to come in and kill your flesh and make you a new person that you're not right now. That's the only way. Oh, I don't need that. I just needed to be saved. No, you need to be cleaned up on the inside. If you have a problem with lust, looking at things you shouldn't, lusting after the opposite sex, can we just be real? You can try as much as you want to, and you're still going to do that. That isn't a self-control issue. That isn't a try-harder issue. That isn't a, I'm going to make a commitment, sign a card, and, and, and read a book, and I'm not going to do it anymore. That is a God's going to have to come inside and do some cleaning to get you straightened up. You know, God, this is, this is, this, I just want to run all over, if I was able, I just want to run all over this church. This is so exciting. God can, listen to me, I'm preaching my heart to you this morning. God can take an anger-filled person who is mad all the time, who is mad at other people in church, and can come in with the Holy Spirit and make them a loving, kind person who doesn't get mad anymore. Only the power of God can do that. God can take a lust-filled man who is viewing pornography, who can't keep his eyes off of other women, and clean him up where they no longer desire that nor have any want for it. 
God can take someone who wants to run everybody down in the church and have a negative attitude and always be uh, just complaining about everything. God can clean them up and make them glad they're a Christian and be supportive and encouraging of other people. But it takes the power of God. It takes the gospel. Oh, let's just leave all that out. We just need to get saved. See, preacher, I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you, it's time to get serious. I just talked to a preacher this week, a preacher that most of you all know. It runs in circles, runs around all over the nation. And he told me, it was really sad to my heart. He said, Pastor, he said, he said how's your church doing? I said, we're doing good. He said, well, he says, I know of, he said, I know of a whole bunch of churches. He said, they, they'll never reopen again. He said, it's over for them. He said, you know, just people won't, won't come back after COVID and there's no money there and they can't afford to keep the lights on and the church is shut down and the pastor says, we're never opening up again. I've already told you guys many times the statistics nationally is something like 40 to 50 percent of the people are not coming to church right now and they don't expect that they'll ever come back. He, this preacher also told me that he personally had been there and numerous of these churches when half the congregation come in I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say this because you guys are so awesome. Can I just do that? You guys are so awesome. Okay? So a church come in, and half of them wear a mask, and half of them wasn't, and the mask wearers were mad at the not mask wearers, and they're leaving and never coming back. That's happening all over our country. Now, if you want to wear a mask, you're welcome to wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, you know, it, we, we're, not, we're not real strict either way. But my point is, is your salvation not worth any more than that? Listen, if I get COVID and die, I'm going to heaven. I'm not leaving my church. If the virus gets bad and it starts killing people like crazy, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm not going to back up because I'm afraid of some sickness that's going around. Listen, there's a whole lot worse things than dying. And anymore, I'm starting to kind of look forward to dying. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I started to kind of welcome that day to come. But what I'm telling you is, look right up here. Everybody pay attention. Look right up here. Christianity is so superficial, it doesn't take a whole These lot can be found at sandhillfwb.com do it the way or I wanted. on all major way I wanted. podcast I platforms. You did this, May God I continue to richly bless your journey so every step things. of the Here's way. Here's a funny little thing. God forgive me, I shouldn't do this. This is my flesh. This is, I'm going to be sinful for just a minute, alright? This is my flesh. I've been told by so many people, if you ever do that, I will not be back. COVID hit, we did it, they came back. <laughs> you know what that was? Their a desire for the church you better not break my desire for the church. Why don't we grow up a little bit and say there's important things here. we got people going to hell. We need to start living like Christians. We need to grow up and mature. Listen to me. It could get bad in a hurry. And the real Christians are going to be okay. And the weak Christians are not going to make it. You say, preacher, you're being kind of blunt. Yeah, it's time to be blunt. It's time to quit playing church. It's kind of time to quit fooling around. It's time to decide whose side we're on. It's time to have a real church. And the only way we're going to do that is the power of God unto salvation. So, anybody here need the gospel? Anybody here need the gospel? Any saved people here need the gospel? Is there anybody here that needs the power of God? You know, I've thought of this, and I, I'm not being charismatic. I'm trying not to be charismatic. Maybe I am. I don't know. But has anybody ever thought about this fact? 
You know, the Bible speaks, if you read the book of Revelation, it talks about evil spirits coming down and, and being among us and doing all kinds of things among us. I believe that could be happening right now. But have you ever thought about the fact that if it gets really... Now, this is exciting. Boy, I, I have a card to tell myself. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Have you ever thought about the fact that if it gets really, really, really bad, they pass laws, you're not allowed to have church. You know, they've already said, some news commentators saying, this makes perfect sense to me, they're going to pass a law real soon where no church on the, in the country is allowed to gather. They're going to blame it on COVID. And so no one will be allowed to come out. They're going to get everybody going online. I guess everybody's following what's going on on Facebook. And then they're just going to simply say, no churches on Facebook. Now you can't come to church and you can't have it online. Gotcha. But can I tell you, you can't stop a real Christian. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? But now it gets more exciting than that. You know, I may end up in jail. We, we might face some hard times. We don't know what the future is. But has anybody thought about this? Has anybody thought about if the devil starts sending evil spirits and it starts possessing people and all these evil things start happening in our country, has anybody ever thought greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Has God, have you ever thought that God might start sending some miracles from real Christians to see some supernatural things done that only God can do? He's not going to do that for a bunch of Christians that are living sinful and don't care about getting right with Him. But if you're living right, God can use you to do great things. We don't have to be afraid, people. We have to be afraid. But I do believe we need to get serious. And I do believe we need to start doing what the Bible says. If there's something in your life that ain't right, if you have bitterness, if you have anger, if you have self-pity, if you run your mouth when you shouldn't, let me go right on down the list. If you have lust in your heart, it is time today to get that taken care of. God, may your power come in and clean up this dirty vessel. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he went to the Pharisees. How would you think about this? Walked up to a man, Brother Terry, looked him in the eye and said, you're like a sepulcher. You're like a place where we de- bury dead people. You look really pretty on the outside, but man, you're awful dirty on the inside. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty blunt. But I believe we still have Christians today that look really pretty on the outside and pretty ugly on the inside. Amen. And now it's time to fix that. Good news. The power of God is here. Right now, this very moment, you get all that taken care of. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. 